You look fine, Pete. You look great. <laughs> and we're live. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Supplement Engineer Podcast. My name is Robert Chinetsky. <laughs> Joining me today are the founders, co-owners of Power Supplements based out of wonderful New Jersey. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining Ooh. us. How are y'all doing? Very good. We're doing good. Very good, man. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Uh, thanks for broadcasting my emotional support. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for any of the listeners tuning in on the live stream, you got any comments, questions, queries, quips, or smart ass remarks? Feel free to uh, post them up in the comments section. We'll get to anything and everything after we do all of the uh, the formal stuff with uh, the crew here today, talking about all things power supplements, supplement industry related. And uh, guys, first off, thank you for hopping on the podcast. I got to meet. Pete and Will up in Jersey at the Apollo Seminar, but Bill, I have not had the pleasure of actually meeting you in person yet. So let's start off there. You get to be the first one to uh, give us your background intro and all that good stuff. All right. Well, so the reason I didn't get to see you that night, it was dollar dog night and I, I really wanted a hot dog, man, so I had to go. <laughs> a very important part of the story about why, what dollar dog night entailed. No one really knows what it was, but it was <laughs> Um, so anyway, my background, uh, we, we got in this because we all had something pertaining to fitness and we, we were pretty much making our own pre-workout. So I used to be a personal trainer for like five years mm -hmm. and, um, I was really into like the supplement side of things and, um, actually Will reached out to all of us, I guess this was close to four years ago yeah going on four and was just like hey let's start a supplement company and we were we were all like a little skeptical at first but mm -hmm. um after meeting up and realizing that we all had great ideas to pour into it we uh kind of locked down and got it going we just picked him because we needed a redhead <laughs> yeah i'm, I'm the diversity <laughs> We're celebrating diversity. I mean, we've got all the different hair colors on the podcast. That's that's how we roll here. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. <laughs> all right, Pete. Uh, now that we've got your emotional support, you know, we were talking about your shirt and whatnot. Let's uh, let's get your background story, sir. Um, yeah, I'll keep it real simple. But as as you know from when we first met, um, we're both engineers, and I was into the um, physique world for a little bit. So I competed back maybe five years ago, and. Um, yeah, nothing too new crazy, but we all went to high school together. So, which uh, organization were you competing in? Um, that was the international. So it was IFBB, right? Or, yeah, right. So NPC IFBB. Yeah, it wasn't NPC. It was um, IFBB back. Okay. So all natural AMBF. That's what it was. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't know why, but all natural bodybuilding. So, um, and that was in Philadelphia, so over near us. Wow, so long ago. I literally it was like last year, but <laughs> when I just start thinking about it, it's like my car, like the other day, my dad was like, I just, I don't get it. I just placed the car battery in this, in this vehicle the other, like last year. And we looked and it was like six years old. <laughs> yeah, the, the past two years have kind of just been a blur. It's like we went through the Thanos snap and we're kind of on the back end of it and trying to figure out what the hell happened over the, uh, the past couple yeah. of years. It's been interesting to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Will, let's uh, get your background, sir. That would be me. So uh, I guess it was towards the end of 2017. I had gotten let go from a job. And at that point, I decided that I didn't want to work for anybody anymore. 
Mm -hmm. um, everything I was going to be doing was either going to be um, like contracted work or I was going to be making my own money and wanted to start a business. Um, I had plenty of time, so I put together the business plan for um, for power supplements. And in the meantime of that, I was also doing a lot of work with like endurance and multi sports. Um, I was an event timer for a lot of triathlons. I've worked on a couple of Ironman sites and uh, kind of was just in the space. Plus, my uh, my family's always been athletic as well, too. So moving into a, uh, a business plan that was around supplementation and fitness, it just kind of made sense for us. Um, so I had approached five people with the I'm sorry, I, I was the fifth. Uh, I approached four people with the, uh, the business plan and just kind of put it out there and floated it. And everyone bit on it. And now here we are couple uh couple of years later we uh we did lose one of our partners in the beginning uh him and his brother started a restaurant and they're doing incredible now and then uh our other partner lawrence he uh just had some other priorities the last couple of years so uh mm -hmm. ended up just kind of parting ways but we're still very close with them and everything but the three of us yeah, yeah. we're all that remains right now <laughs> outstanding uh so let's give the listeners a little bit kind of a behind the scenes look you said when you had the idea you drew up a business plan. Now that, that sounds really fancy to like the outsiders. What does all that entail for like the consumers? Like when you were actually starting a company, well, walk them through like the machinations of what all that entails. Yeah. It's basically just trying to like build the concept of the brand by making the numbers like reason, like rational so that you can mm -hmm. get like, you know, here are our costs. Um, here's what we want to spend on marketing here's what the product's supposed to look like. Here's the branding behind it. Here's going to be what we stand for, all of these things. But basically you just build the identity of the brand, like theoretically, and then just kind of move with it from there. Um, I mean, we had reached out to a couple of manufacturers and gotten quotes on the uh, original formula Power Rush. So we knew what that cost was going to be, how big mm -hmm. of an order size we were going to be making so that we knew what we needed to start with for, uh, for capital up front. But even then, um, we basically just put everything. I mean, when I tell you that we've done everything wrong along the way to get here, it's incredible that we're still standing here, like with product in a growing business at this point. It's unbelievable because we just did like the normal. I mean, it's not even like it's not even like a joke or it's something we need to hide or anything. Like we we started a business on a credit card and called up NutriCap, and like we just that's that's how pretty much everyone gets into the space. And thank God we've outgrown that now at this point. But like. It also was a fantastic learning experience, and I'm glad that we endured our business almost closing four times. So, <laughs> uh, have y'all are y'all still manufacturing with NutriCap? I don't know if y'all want to disclose that or not, or if you're working with somebody else, or you want to say any of that. No, we're working with someone else right now, and uh, we've had conversations with them. We've just—it's not that we're like not disclosing it, but we had an issue last last year or two years ago. Two years ago, I think. Um, no, it was just last, end of last summer. Yeah, 2020. Um, the facility where we were holding all of our inventory at, mm -hmm. all of our overflow inventory, the HVAC broke there. Um, and essentially mm -hmm. what happens is, is that everything got wiped out. Um, we didn't have it insured, and we basically had to start over from scratch. I think we had like three cases left of like product, and that was it for everything that we had. And we had to throw out like a couple hundred. Um, so it was uh, – it was a big hit, literally starting from zero, but it was a, a lot of people looked at it as our manufacturer had something wrong with it when it really fell on our shoulders. And we've tried to own up to it as much as possible because, I mean, it wasn't, it was, they had already produced it. It was in our control. Like we had, you know, taken, uh, you know, control of the product at that point. 
But um, just to make it seem like there wasn't anything bad on the manufacturing end, we've kind of keeping our, do, you know, we'd like to try and keep a little bit of a curtain between there. But I mean, they probably wouldn't have a problem, but it's just for their safety at this point. No, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> yeah. A reason I ask is that NutriCap slash DuraCap, you'll hear different things on it. Like they're great for, you know, upstart brands that are good because they do such, they can do really small product runs. Obviously they can do really large product runs as well. Then you go into the history of the company and, you know, it's not always, you know, rainbows and sunshine. So I'm just trying to get, um, I guess some clarity or just, you know, some anecdotal experience on what your interactions were with them. So the consumers can see, cause you're, you're starting to see even like, uh, the, the contract manufacturers throwing out ads for saying, Hey, start up a supplement brand for as little as a thousand dollars or something like that. So from a young upstart company from y'all, how was the, the interactions with NutriCap? Um, upfront, it was incredible. The first, like when our business was growing at the first time, I mean, we were, looking for another manufacturer at the front end was there wasn't even on like a question we were sticking mm -hmm. with them i mean we had drank the kool-aid we were loving it and then um something happened i can't remember exactly what it was but we we kind of had to like start relying on them for a little bit more of like some actual like oh it was when we were getting listed on amazon um and we needed to actually get like some coas and some things like mm -hmm. really moving and like hey we need to like prove that the stuff that we're claiming is in this product is in this product right. and then all of a sudden they started pushing back on us like for no reason mm -hmm. um and then we had a product run get delayed like three or four months and then when we lost all of our inventory we went up to them and said we needed to do a rush order and they told us yeah no problem but we just want to let you guys know that your labels aren't compliant we're like, this is the same label that you approved a year and a half ago. What the hell is like, what changed? Was it FDA things or did it just like flow through the cracks from something? And they didn't really have a good answer. And then on mm -hmm. top of it, we were doing two different flavor runs at the same time. And they sent back different feedback on both labels. So like they were telling us that the B12 content for one label needed to say this number, but the B12 content for this label needed to say another, but like the daily value percentage were different numbers. Yeah. And we were just like, you guys seem to have your shit together. So we just really, like, we're not comfortable with you guys making our product. Like, if right. these details are, you know, are something that, like, just verifying copy on a label isn't good enough. Like, how can we trust you with what's going into the product? So, mm -hmm. and, and let's be clear, like, the things that got us hooked were, <laughs> obviously, we just assumed in the beginning that the blend was one for one for what we wanted on the label but yeah. the flavor was outstanding everyone still talks about our yeah. first flavor of lemon lime that uh we worked on with them and it really was like spectacular at the time people were like there's no way there's no sugar in this right it's just insane yeah. unfortunately everything else we had to you know the, the we had to leave but um yeah that, i mean in the beginning the communication was great and then yeah we, and, and it seems like the major problem though and we've been through like two or three is just delivery times and just getting prom like promised deadlines met. That's yeah. yeah. And we don't really rush anyone. So, yeah. And it's not even, it's not even the, uh, like the actual delivery times. We know there's delays. We know there's a, we're still a small brand. So someone coming up with like a rush order from like one of your bigger clients or something, and it pushes us back a week. We absolutely get that. It's just like the, 
like I almost wish there was more of like the uh, the undersell over deliver policy where it's like, hey, this is going to take 10 weeks. And then at six weeks, it shows up at my doorstep and I'm like, oh, wow, this is incredible. But then there's also still a month buffer in there for things to happen. But like the expectation is set low. So. Yeah. Like don't promise us four weeks and then get us 10 weeks. Right. Yeah. So and then that's happened more than once. Um, yeah. So that's the hardest part being small. With the three of y'all, how do y'all juggle, I guess, deciding on flavors, the formula of the product? How did y'all sit down and come up with like, hey, this is what we want for our base product? What What is the, again, I guess we can, this can probably, I guess, speak to the business plan of when you're sitting down to formulate the company, who is the ideal end user? I mean, is it is it the bodybuilder? Is it the working professional? Is it uh, the gamer? I mean, how did y'all sit down with the, the initial business plan and has it changed much from that initial uh, concept? Yeah, that business plan got scrapped in like four months. Yeah. <laughs> for the flavors, we just put a bunch of words in a hat and then everyone picked one and then you had the fist fight to yeah. see who won. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The fist fight <laughs> was really just, it was really about the fist fight. Yeah. Um, no, so um, the, the, the original flavor of the lemon limeade, I actually, my, um, my dad used to always have me drink this electrolyte drink. Like when I was a kid growing up, he used, he was like a Shackley enthusiast and like wholesaler for that i guess or something but um mm -hmm. anyways the flavor of that to me always was just like this is what you take when you're using like when you're doing something active anytime like anytime i'm grabbing a gatorade it's always lemon lime like anything for somehow it's just that's always resonated for me so for writing up the business plan i was just like this is the flavor we're getting otherwise <laughs> <laughs> someone else figured something out but like this is what i'm saying and everyone seemed to be on board for it and it worked out um it's pretty neutral too right like yeah blue raspberry can be pretty polarizing for some people i mean it's, it's still pretty like not offensive i hate it but like and fruit punch, and fruit punch. yeah there you go yeah, yeah i yeah, hate yeah. it with all my heart <laughs> I hate it. cannot <laughs> stand that flavor i wish it didn't exist anyway that's that's just right. <laughs> yes right um so yeah that was kind of how we came up i mean the flavor was just kind of like a cut and dry type thing since then we've had a lot of discussions on like how things work with the ingredients that we have and like actually tasting the rolls to try and build a profile around it. And it's been a lot more scientific since then. We just accidentally hit a home run before. Kind of, um, but also think about this. Remember we were very anti coloring, right? Yes. And what's a very neutral color, like a lemon lime color, yeah, which is clear, which is clearish. So that's easy to push. If you start sending out cotton candy flavored shit and it's, it's just like yellowish and you're yeah. like, mm, there's something wrong here. <laughs> so it, like a couple things fell yeah. into place, but like by chance, not so much that we're that smart. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dude, so the actual, oh, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead, Will. Go ahead. I'll, I'll follow up in a second. Yeah. It's the second part of your question is uh, basically who did we believe the end user was? And when we started, we had no idea what we were doing. We were basically just yelling nonsense into a crowd and hoping for, you know, whatever, whoever was listening to us would just listen. And I mean, we were making ridiculous claims that just like the product wasn't doing it. And not to say it wasn't doing anything for it, but like we kept trying to brand ourselves as being like a hardcore pre-workout and like our formula is not. We know that it's a very well-rounded energy drink, but like there is significantly harder products out there, high stimulants, more pump ingredients and like things like that that like we just weren't meeting that. But in the beginning, we just had so much energy. We didn't really care. Like we just like sales were growing by us just literally selling the hype of the product. And mm -hmm. our end user didn't seem to care that the, you know, 
like there wasn't six grams of citrulline in it and it didn't have, you know, some type of like gray area stims or something like that. People just kept taking it because it tasted good and they felt the tingles. Well, it didn't, yeah. it worked. It wasn't like it didn't <laughs> yeah, work. Every, a, every, every hardcore guy has said that they would recommend it for first choice. Remember we had it in um, Rock Bottom? Yeah. And you'd be like, anytime someone come in and want to get start started on a pre-workout, yeah. your stuff. Any any meathead that comes in, I'm not going to tell them to take your 150 milligrams of caffeine and, and your theanine. You know, they want 300 milligrams of caffeine. So but minimum. Yeah. This is yeah. This is eventually how we found our voice, <laughs> and basically came into what we call a performance energy drink, where mm -hmm. it's like you take it for things when you're doing active. Like yes, you can. You like we use it for you know all the way from gaming to a 2 p.m. pickup to like uh, you know to a pre-workout. But like it's meant for endurance, circulation, energy focus, which is pretty much what you need to just go out. I mean, realistically, intramural sports is like right up our alley. <laughs> My God, <laughs> I swear, but I swear, like I see more people drinking like sugar-free Red Bull than I ever remember. Um, and and to me, when I look at that stuff, I'm not, like, first off, it doesn't even taste that good. I think we've just grown accustomed to how like things like Red Bull tastes or Monster, but like, there's a very real population of people who are first off, not, I think most of this comes of sleep, but like lack of sleep, but who need this energy throughout the day to keep going. And I know that we're busier than ever before, but in the beginning, like we never really thought that we were for like the super meatheads. We knew that. Mm -hmm. Um, but we did have like some pretty big gym people say like, yeah, I love it. Um, but I'm used to X. I'm used to way more stim. Um, but there's so many people who couldn't take any pre-workouts in the beginning. And that's when we started to find calling of, Hey, I couldn't take anything. I'll throw up and your stuff doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. And so then we started transitioning to be like, okay, so it's not only, I still take it for as a pre-workout, but mm -hmm. when I tell people, I mean, I have friends who are working for Lockheed Martin, Google, Amazon, they are programmers and they take it in the middle of the day. And yeah, the beta alanine makes you get the tingle. So maybe that's like a little bit pre-workout-ish, but yeah. it definitely has the utility of like maybe a green tea, but on steroids. Yeah, the, the yes. focus, like yeah. the calm <laughs> focus without the, the jitters and everything. Yeah. We, uh, I feel like that's really our niche. When, when you need to focus in, you need to like still be level-headed while you're mm -hmm. focused and kind of amped up. I, I think that's what we really nailed on the head. Yeah. Um, what I was going to build off of the, the previous line where we were talking about, all three of y'all have a background in fitness, athletics to some capacity or another. Um, we can start with, with you, Bill. As a personal trainer, how did, I guess, what was your experience with supplements and then your one-on-one -on -one interactions with your clients and in yourself? And how did that parlay into the, the growth and development of the formula for power supplements? So um, growing up, Going back to high school, like before I even started personal training, uh, Will and I would work out together. We'd have the no explode, like the, the OG no explode. Good stuff. Um, so <laughs> I didn't know what was in it. I just knew I felt great when I took it. I thought it was a test. Yeah. Like yeah. First few years <laughs> so, yeah, that was just pr pretty much blindly drinking something just because I liked how it felt. And mm -hmm. then over time, I'd, I'd do more research and – there was a time where I was just drinking coffee and eating blueberries before my workouts where I just wanted to keep it bare bones and, um, it's a from, super fruit, man. A yeah. super fruit. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's great. Uh, 
but with uh, my clients, um, I, I had a very diverse set of clients. I'd have elderly people that they've never been in a gym before. They have a bum hip and we're pretty much just trying to rehab them and get them in somewhat decent shape to mm -hmm. uh, like D1 athletes that want to perform at their peak for the next season. So um, depending on whatever someone's caffeine background is, that's how I would kind of approach whether our product is good for them or not. And of course I had a lot of just friends that I didn't train that were in the gym and I would always give them a free scoop, be like, Hey, try this. If you like it, just let me know. I'll get you a jug. And most people gave us a really good back um, feedback. The only downside were the more hardcore people that were like, mm -hmm. Hey, I need something with more caffeine. That's pretty much the downside that we heard. So yeah. that, feedback definitely geared us towards where we're at now, the performance energy drink. Yeah. Pete, but what about your uh, supplementation usage and how did that, I guess, delve into like, were you a guy that came from more of a high stim usage and then you, you kind of toned it back or where, how did that evolve? No. And actually, so, I mean, just kind of building off what he said about people saying they need more caffeine. Like I don't always believe that throwing more at something or over engineering it, so to speak, like um, is better, right? So like there's this like threshold of the balance of something. So the theanine and the caffeine more so than just throwing more caffeine at something. But that's, we can talk about that later. But as far as me, I even um, before competing, I never took a pre-workout or mm -hmm. really any energy supplements or drinks. Um, but the occasional maybe monster when I was in high school. And all I took was like dimatized ISO 100, like protein. And occasionally um, some extend BCAAs. And I, don't, I haven't bought those in years, but that's that's all I would take. And my caffeine tolerance was pretty low. Um, I tried, I would mess around, like I would do things to myself. I think I'm, I'm like a low key, um, what's it called when you just like, hurt yourself because like I do shit masochist masochist right I'm like I'm gonna get myself addicted to caffeine and then cut myself off <laughs> and then just because I want to feel alive right like <laughs> right like take this I'm gonna feel something yikes yikes I do think like all right is it really that hard to to stop caffeine or like if you have that much of a tolerance you know will you feel anything with just one cup of coffee a day and I know that you could probably speak to that better than me but um yeah so very minimal supplement usage other than the occasional tests of to see like how uh like the addictiveness of caffeine or um uh other supplements would affect me yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much it well um yeah so again kind of going back to like how the whole business got started is my dad used to be a wholesaler for shackley so there was we had a whole cabinet just full of like multivitamins like single ingredients proteins electrolytes everything like that so that's like I I knew supplementation being more is like what you would go to like when you're sick or anything like that before like going to see a doctor. Yeah. Um, and it was like we got started lifting in like high school and then, you know, supplementation goes hand in hand when you're starting because, you know, you want to get gains as fast as you possibly can. So you want to maximize everything like that. And then uh, when I was 19, I got introduced to uh, the original formula jacked. And uh, things just fucking took off from there. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, once because uh, Bill and I are also musicians too. At the time, we were in a band, and I mean, a little DMAA will do a lot for you when you're sitting behind a drum set. Yes. So you know, especially when you play death metal, and you know, the whole time you're just doing blast beats. I would be doing double scoops of jacked, and then having like a rock star washing it down just to go out and play a 45 minute set. Yeah. Jeez, I was really good. And you're still alive. I, I was really good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, and then I mean, it, like, it got into like some gray area stuff. I mean, we messed around with like pro hormones and things like that. And then like once, Pete's <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> double take was a fantastic. That was awesome. Yeah, just a stud business. They don't know. About. <laughs> Spawn. They pay t- they pay taxes on it, but they don't know about it. <laughs> um, yeah, Hemistan. Hemistan. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah, there was a there was a local supplement shop near us, and the guy was literally just bottling them in the back. And as soon as like the FDA would catch on to like what he was doing, he just changed the label and was like, "You guys don't know about this one." <laughs> oh, oh Ran that. I think he's still running that bit, but hey, you know, good for him. But yeah, no, I mean, he sold me some stuff, and it works. But. Uh, <laughs> Did you live all right all these years later? Yeah. So, anyways, here we are now, and now we carry low sim, very, very safe. Products. Right. And and so and like the formula came to be kind of by like we, I went to college with the, the one of the fourth guys um, who ended up leaving to go pursue some other stuff, but we he was also competing, and so we would mess around with our own blunts. Like I never bought a pre workout, but we would make our own uh, intra and pre and. Uh, kind of mess around with that for like years um at least two or three years during college and and that was kind of where the original formula got based off of um in addition to going through tons of um peer-reviewed studies and whatnot that we could find because one of my best friends is a pharmacist so i'm definitely using her pubmed subscription <laughs> that's, that's nice my, my sister is a, is a pharmacist too and i i make use ample use of her uh licenses that she's got access to for the journals if, if I can't find it on my own somehow. Uh, before we get to the next so question, some- do you guys oh, want to be yeah. famous? Whoa. Do you want to be famous? Yes. By Will by Willie. <laughs> right now. What's hey, going hey, on, JoJo? Hey, hey, hey. JoJo is a long-time listener. Cristobal, I haven't seen him Very pop cool. up on here in a while. Welcome back. Thank you. Chris is another long time. There it is. How is business, especially after, so how did y'all, that can bring us to the next topic, talking point. How did y'all navigate the challenges for whichever way you want to attack it from 2020 and with the materials shortages and price hikes of 2021 that we're dealing with now? Oh, well, we sued Gal Gadot and almost went bankrupt. Yeah, that's probably the best one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we even got to talk about that. When we still, when we this is new. Yeah. Yeah, we had to sue one. We had to sue We didn't want Wonder to. Woman that's a losing year. battle. Yeah, had to. <laughs> so we have a tra- we have uh, two. Well, we have a trademark for a product called um, Protropic, which is which blows my mind. Yeah, but we'll, we, we we'll mix two to words that. together and boom, yes. trademark. Yeah. So we'll <laughs> talk about that. And then um, trademark application for PWR supplements because to sell on Amazon, it was coincidental to sell on Amazon, we needed to get it. And at the same time, yeah, so we, um, 
you had to have a trademark application in to sell on Amazon. It didn't have mm-hmm. to have the full blown trademark, but it at least had to have it like the application process started. So we started the process, and this was after we had already trademarked ProTropic. And I was all cocky from it. I'm like, yeah, I'm like a part time lawyer. I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> One of the many hats of owning a business. Rocket lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we were, we're going through the process. Uh, it just so happened, too, that this was incredible timing that my sister was in law school and was in a trademark law class. Um, so she was helping me out with the process. Like every time we got like a um, like an office notification back or something or like um, I was it. There was one thing where we had to um, our specimen wasn't correct on it so that we had to like submit some, like another picture that was showing the trademark in use. And um had to add a disclaimer that we didn't own the word supplements. Uh, we only owned the group of words, power supplements, PWR. And then after that, we ended up just getting suspended because um, there were two other people in the running for using PWR in a trademark in international class five, which encompasses basically pharmaceuticals and dietary supplements. Um, kind of sat there on it for like a couple months, honestly, because we were just like, all right, well, eventually it'll pass and we'll figure it out. And then my sister comes up to me and goes, hey, I want to remove the suspension from your letter. And my professor said that I can do this as my final project for my trademark class. And we were like, absolutely. This is incredible. Yeah. So um, (laughs) all we had to do was file a notice of opposition, which we didn't realize at the time was filing a lawsuit in federal uh, court. (laughs) <laughs> they make it sound lot. so much yeah, like, yeah, it, was a, it was a it was a notice when it started it was a full-blown lawsuit two minutes later Damn. um yeah so we did that and then um i got onto a zoom call with my sister and her professor and he was kind of just like walking us through like the steps that we had to take and he goes now have you looked into like who you were against at all and i was like the name's gal power anytime i searched it just like an etsy shop showed up for someone that like had like a yoga studio and i was just like it's it's nobody like and they don't have a product out we've already been a year like in like selling for two years and then i google the name of the company which is the godot versano corporation and find out that it's gal godot and her husband who were trying to trademark the name gal power and we still don't know the exact details of it but it seems like she was trying to leave revlon and try and start her own cosmetic skincare line, but also mm-hmm. have a dietary supplement line attached to it. Because they fought us tooth and nail over having dietary supplements and energy drinks. They just would, like, I mean, they, they filed a blanket trademark, which meant that they tried to trademark everything that you could possibly sell. Everything from, like, meat and fish to, like, toilet paper. Like, every, they could have, they wanted to own the trademark for gal power so that no one else could use it. But when we said like, hey, can you just remove international class five and then you guys can keep the rest of the trademark? They were like, absolutely not. And then we ended up in litigation for like nine months. Yeah, they said, we'll see you in hell. Yeah. And also, um, you know, it, at, it got so bad that we were like, what do we rebrand as and how will we be able to? Because and, yeah. and legally, like we had to be the ones suing them. Yeah. Even though we're the victims, okay? We're the victims. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah. So is this what year is this? Is this before she got really big with Wonder Woman? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This was we just this just finished up in May of this year. Oh, like, yeah, she's this... already had two Wonder Woman movies, a couple of the um Fast the, and Furious uh, movies, yeah. Um, Red Notice had already finished filming. Oh, great movie. Good movie. Great movie. Good movie. Oh, she was great. What do you guys stop? <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so uh, 
what ended up happening is that we uh, we had finally settled. Um, well, really, what happened was is my sister's professor, after finding out what was going on, was just like, "Well, I'll come out of retirement to go against Wonder Woman," <laughs> and uh, took on our case awesome. for us. Um, now, it wasn't wasn't cheap by any means. He still like was going through another firm. The firm was billing us, and there's still you know there's some fees to go for that. It was unbelievably expensive, but we did. Let me. Refer- <laughs> So that we're not charged with what is it perjury? No, it's not perjury. Uh, slander. Slander. Slam. Yeah. The, the the term that we have to use is they lost. We can't claim that we won. They lost, and it was because okay. they screwed up filing paperwork after everything was all said and done. We were just going <laughs> to settle, and then and then they screwed up some paperwork. So they uh, they ruled in our favor, which was nice. But um, yeah, it was uh, it, I mean, there was literally a point a couple months ago where we were just like, we only have enough money to either finish this lawsuit or reorder product. Like we lost our sleep aid. We lost Protropic. We lost a flavor of power rush and we only had two. We were down to one product and that was it. It was like, what do we do? We can either re up on inventory and forfeit the lawsuit or continue on the lawsuit and then just have absolutely nothing to sell and figure it out from there. And luckily we held out on the lawsuit and it, ended sooner than we thought and we had enough money to place a small order and then that's where our Bay Breeze product came from uh, or the Bay Breeze flavor and mm-hmm. then we did a summer launch on that hoping that the the hype of a new product would like reinvigorate some funds a little bit so yeah, yeah. that was and lately we've been lucky because um, sales were slower over the summer but um, we've been getting a lot more support ever yeah. since we also had no shipping. money to advertise for like literally the last nine months like and we don't even mean like spending like you know big ad campaigns on like facebook and instagram but like for us to even go out and do a photo shoot for us ourselves to self-promote i mean like we've got to go buy some props we might have to hire a couple models or something like that or people to come in maybe like book a a place to go take pictures at or something like that that all costs money which is like things that you don't anticipate for it and it's just like we had nothing yeah (laughs) i mean nothing I had to, I mean, I had to cancel my subscription to Photoshop. We had to, oh all right. I mean, like, it was, <laughs> was bad. <laughs> yeah. And then that's part of the problem is, um, I remember seeing something that you had talked about maybe weeks ago at this point, but it was, someone had asked, do you think so-and-so is overpriced? And, you know, if you look at something and add up the ingredients and the cost of the packaging and how much it costs in raw materials, it might look overpriced. But when, and I really struggle with this personally because I look at those things as I, when I design a system, how am I ordering, you know, this many, you know, you're ordering in bulk and you got to design a system up to like, it's got to cost this much. But what you're not thinking about is marketing and getting the name out there and branding and that stuff easily costs just as much, if not twice as much as the product itself. And that's why we wanted to be so competitive and we still want to um that having an overhead for ad budget in addition to ordering supplies is really difficult uh, balance to maintain so yeah. thank you chris we don't have an answer <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good yeah yeah it's, it's going that's, that's the it's, it's going <laughs> nice and easy that was, that's going, yeah. it's growing with uh, touch a little bit more on that because I don't think that is another aspect that we have ever touched upon in the in the, the few years that I've been doing the podcast. Is you mentioned something that was brilliant: hiring models, talent, setting up locations, photographers for the shoots. What 
what steps, hurdles, things you have to jump over, jump through, crawl under to get get those things kind of set up? Or how do y'all at least go about it? If there's not an industry standard way of doing it, what's the approach y'all take to doing it? How do y'all get those the ball rolling on that? Um, it's just a lot of coordination between like, you know, uh, I mean, especially for like when it comes down to like a marketing photo shoot, we when we've done it in the past, it's always been like you come up with a storyboard where you find like a couple different ads and poses and like scenario, like in the scenes with like lighting and stuff that you like. You basically build a storyboard of it so that you don't just show up on site and you're just like, um, I don't know, let's just figure it out. It's when you have a much more like direct vision of what's going to happen, it makes the process a lot smoother and honestly saves you a crap ton of time, especially when you're paying somebody by the hour to be there. Um, when it comes down to venues for shooting, I just harass people. Um, I'm basically the equivalent of a, a Jack Russell and I just keep emailing somebody until they get back to me. And then if I can get a meeting with them, then just try to charm the shit out of them and be like, we're so grateful. Thank you so much. Um, uh, but normally, I mean, we are like, thank you so much. <laughs> um, there's like still a couple places right now where like, uh, I mean, we're 15 minutes outside of Atlantic City. There's so many cool places for us to shoot that just has incredible lighting and those backdrops that you're not going to get anywhere else. And like, there's some art galleries that are opening up and it's just like, we're trying to get in there just because we think that like, there's, I mean, just the backdrops that we can use are just so eye-catching that like the whole ad will just pop so that you've got to at least see what it was for. And, um, but yeah, and then after that, there's, Right now, we're still using our local network to try and find like uh, talent, like for models and things like that. But like, I mean, there's a lot of um, Craigslist is one place you can go. I mean, you got to really vet the people that are going to be coming out. But sometimes you just need them to hold a jug. And I mean, I've heard it on your show multiple times before: boobs, butts, and biceps are what sell supplements. Unfortunately, we've Pretty never much, gone yeah. that. But uh, it's uh, you know never really tried to over sexualize the product, but like. You know, you do have to have someone at least with like an attractive smile and like, you know, eyes that make you want to like at least see what like, you know, is going on, you know, behind there or something to, to really get someone to stop scrolling for a third of a second. So it's it's a lot more than just taking out your phone and taking a picture of like, you know, somebody holding the jug to try and use content to run ads for. But at the same time, the filler content of just like, oh, I'm at a basketball court. Here's this supplement to show that you're active is like nice filler just in between. So people like remember the name of the product just while they're shopping and stuff. But yeah, it's a it's a process and it's a little bit more daunting than a lot of people realize. Are y'all just direct to consumer right now or are y'all with uh, doing any of the Internet retailers and or local brick and mortar shops? Um, we're on evitamins.com and we, I'm happy that we're back on Amazon, which is direct to the consumer, obviously, but that was a whole fiasco that we could talk about in a minute, but otherwise, um, we're in a couple of local gyms, which, yeah. uh, Will can talk about cause he's been dealing with them one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and we always have that constant battle of like, do we want to be in more physical brick and mortar locations? Or is it easier to have more control over the product ourselves and be direct to consumer and control the pricing and not have to worry about pissing people off if you want to run a sale and um, and and kind of having more flexibility. Plus, um, since our pro since our product is so competitively priced and you don't have much overhead in there for the ad budget and things, 
um, every dollar counts, right? And Correct. it's at like a constant struggle. But wait, it is yeah, I mean, thirty servings yeah. per container. And it's thirty-five bucks on the website, so it's it's a little over a dollar a serving. But I mean, it's still way cheaper than an energy drink. Um, and most products these days are not even even nootropics are twenty servings. Some of the genius brand stuffs fifteen servings for a full serving. So it's, I mean, it's it's a good value for what you're getting. Yeah, and I mean, keep in mind that's also the MSRP on the website. Like we run a lot right. of specials. There's a buy one free going. Anytime someone signs up for our affiliate program, there's 20 percent off coupon for that as well too. Like that's. 15, you know, 36, $36 plus shipping is like, that's the, I showed up and, you know, didn't, didn't shop around. Like, but that's the price for that. So anyone listening to this, there's coupon codes floating around emails. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, I you actually brought up a good point. Like some of the things on there are very misleading now for customers though. Like, I mean, genius brand doing like 15 servings, the pre-workouts that are 20, 40 servings, you know, for each one it gets a little confusing to the customer of how much they're actually paying for something because you assume, I mean, we've been doing, since I've been taking supplements, always 30 servings for mm -hmm. everything. And it wasn't until recently when, you know, formulas started growing to really start exceeding budgets and really pushing like, you know, how much is a customer willing to spend for when they started playing around with the serving size on there, unless you're talking about like Russian bear 5,000 where it's like five servings, but it's 20 scoops. <laughs> yeah, um, like, and it, it's just like the price per serving is so tough to find for what you're getting. Like we've even seen a, I've seen a couple supplements where they're like, you know, they're boasting that it's got like eight grams of citrulline for their pump, but then everything else on the label was only recommend or was only for cost like efficiency at forty servings. So like they're picking and choosing which dosage they want to use per serving, and then it's really tough to get on there. And sometimes those label claims are just like it's really misleading and feels like very dishonest when companies start playing marketing games like that. And that's one of the things that I at least pride ourselves on us is that it's like, it's as cut and dry as we can possibly get it where you know exactly what you're getting with everything that we sell. Even I'm like, I mean, <laughs> saying t-shirts, but like, <laughs> that's stupid. <laughs> um, like, yeah. I mean, it's just like, I mean, we tried to keep power rush as long as we could at like 29.99 while it was on sale, because it's like, it's a dollar serving. You get 30 servings. It's a month supply and people just understand that it's very easy. Um, but yeah, I mean, some of the, some of the marketing tactics that have been popping up in the industry lately have been like, at what point is the brand being dishonest and at what point does the consumer need to be smart enough to know what's going on and it's like a Correct. hard divide on where that's at like i mean i mean even some stuff with glaxon love using their products astrolite is literally like one of my day like everyday supplements that i use on there for it but like some of their ingredients like no one knows what's going on in that panel the average consumer has got yeah. no clue is it no. their responsibility to go figure that out or do you just trust Joey? But at the same time, if you're going to trust Joey with that, why wouldn't you also have the faith in the other company that's in GNC that's microdosing everything? Like it's so hard to draw that line with yep. the consumer. Like where, where, where do you need to step up? How much knowledge do you need to have to go with that? That's like, again, one of the things that we pride ourselves in is like, our energy formula, it's six ingredients. It's very basic. You can understand it. It's all easily Googleable, and, uh, you know, it's got 
like everything in there people have heard of for the most it's part. Word. That's a word? Yeah. 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 It was Google, a good word. It, it rolled right off the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> being that honest and almost neutral doesn't do what sells drama. So it's kind of like, it's hard to really like make these crazy claims because we don't want to lie to a single person out there. Hello, the GNC call. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and you, you brought up a, a few good points, Will. The uh, I mean, Joey, yeah, he's operating on another level that the average consumer doesn't understand, probably will never understand or has the desire to understand. But that's like we're supplement nerds like me and you guys. We like to go down. So when we see magnolia bark in, a, in an anti-anxiety or a calming agent, we're thinking, what the hell is magnolia bark doing in there? And then you go and find out it's actually got some pretty cool research about that. And so I, I look at it. It's, it's hard to say. So for me, that's the, the ingredient nerd that's always looking for something else. You go and you find it and you think that's, hey, that's, that can send you down another rabbit hole or what other kind of class of compounds is in that particular botanical? Could you maybe find it in some other plants or some other sources out there? The average consumer, I don't think they're swayed one way or the other if the ingredient is microdosed or not, as long as if it's, if it's a trusted company. So if they've tried Glaxon's pre-workout, because I think for the vast majority of consumers, I guess at least the ones that listen to this podcast, their gateway into a brand is probably going to be their pre-workout or their pump supplement or something like that. And then after that, it will be to some of the other extraneous products that they offer. So it might be an intro workout, a, a hormone support agent, calming agent, nootropic, something like that. So if you can hook them in with the pre-workout, you can pixie dust as much as you want to on the other lines because they're already bought and sold like, hey – their pre-workout kicked ass. I had a great workout. And I think by and large, you know, and that's why we see so many nootropics on the market these days. It's 150 to 200 megs of caffeine. And then you get a smattering of other nootropics, whether they're actually well-dosed or they're really underdosed. Yeah. And if there's not like a high stim, something attached to it, you're not even going to feel it half the time because the average consumer isn't fully aware of what a nootropic is supposed to do and the experience that you're supposed to get from it anyways. So it's, Agreed. you know, it's really to find that and to have that brand loyalty. Yeah. Chris, is it time to develop a new line of dry screw pre-workouts? How do y'all feel about the, uh, <laughs> the, the dry <laughs> Sorry, scooping? No. <laughs> do you like the dry I, scoop? I, have you dry scooped? Oh yeah. Our, our following loves dry scoop. Apparently our pre-workout dry scoop is delicious. Uh, everybody likes doing it. Um, most of our affiliates, that's like what, we have, um, so once our, someone joins our affiliate group, they get invited into like an Instagram messenger group. And most of that is just people dry scooping our product and <laughs> then like coughing up like powders of smoke out of their nose and stuff. Uh, except for we have this one guy who was so clean. I mean, like there's nothing that gets on his shirt. No, he's a pro. Yeah. yeah. Randy, if you're listening, <laughs> you've made an impact, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, at the same time, you know, all of us, like, you know, the supplement nerds, we're always just like, why would you do it? You know, it, it's, these things are better absorbed when you have water in your stomach and, you know, you're missing out on the flavor of everything. There's a lot of science that goes into that too. But like, at the same time, if the consumer's happy with it, let them be happy with it. Like, I'm not going to stop you. I mean, for a while we were making shirts that said, save water, dry scoop. And it was just because a lot of people were dry scooping our product. <laughs> so like our, our affiliates had like access to that for a little while. And it was just like, it's just fun. It's the same thing as like, I mean, you're a big bourbon drinker. Like 
why would you take a shot of it of something of a hundred and thirty dollar like you know bottle when you're supposed to sip it? Because exactly. we're partying. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If if I'm gonna have to shoot a whiskey, it's gonna be like Jack Daniels Black Label or Jim Beam White Label or something like that. If it's it's not gonna be a uh, a Blanton's or E.H. Taylor or something like that. I mean, if you did, I almost think like those super ones like shouldn't even be used in something like an old fashioned. But then again, an old fashioned is basically just a little bit of sugar, some bitters, and then the bourbon. It's at the forefront. It's not mixing it with Coke and simple syrup and black raspberry puree and all this other bullshit. Um, but yeah, yeah, I completely understand it. You don't, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of dry scooping just for the, the reasons you mentioned, but if it gets people in the gym or gets them to do their thing better, it's, it's no skin off my back. So yeah. Yeah. I, I actually do it myself most days. One, one, if I'm like running late for work, I don't have time yeah. to mix everything up. Just make a scoop. I'm ready to go. And two, this is actually pretty beneficial. If I'm going to the gym and I just like chug my pre-workout and mm -hmm. I'm still time restricted, uh, the dry scoop, you don't have that sloshy feeling. My stomach's a lot more settled when I don't have yeah. all that water. There you go. There's science. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's always about the science. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and to the point to the ingredients y'all are using in the pre-workout. So if you had a bunch of betaine in there, you had a bunch of taurine, glycerol and stuff. Yeah, you're going to want 16 to 20 ounces of water with that. But with, you know, the the, the ingredients y'all are using, it's it's very straightforward. You need you're, – you're always going to have some water in your system. And four to eight ounces, that's probably going to be more than enough to facilitate the absorption, you know, prop that. And even if that – if you're drinking water throughout the day, you're going to be sufficiently hydrated. And you just – you're getting the, the stim anyway. This is what you were after for the most part, so. And the Let's uh, turn our attention to the, you've mentioned it a couple of times, Will, protropic gut and brain health. That's not something we see a lot of. It's either a gut health product or a nootropic formula. But what most people don't realize is a lot of your uh, brain is affected by what goes on in your stomach, specifically serotonin. Uh, so can you give us a little bit, can you all, I guess, go into a little bit of the breakdown of why you created the formula, what's going on with it, and uh, so on and so forth? Yeah, sure. So um, it actually it came from um, basically me just trying to dive back into or dive into just a lot of gut health products. Um, mm -hmm. I got very interested in like probiotics and just kind of how they work just after finding out that it's like, like when you kind of hear like the clickbait of everything from that, that like, you know, the microbiome is so huge and so vast and that each one of these strains has like you know, they break down different things and then we don't really know what's going on. And it's essentially like the wild, wild west right now trying to figure out like what everything is. And you just really have not a ton of information on it at this point. Um, so I started diving into some research and I found this one documentary. Um, I think it was on Amazon Prime. I want to say it was called The Gut, Our Second Brain. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there was it was like the last 20 minutes of it. There's a um, this they have this doctor sit down and she goes through all of her tests. And basically what they were doing is saying that there were certain strains of probiotics that were helping people with stress. And most adaptogens out there are just balancing out cortisol and, you know, essentially are just being stress agents. And, mm -hmm. you know, I know we can't use that word on labels as much as we'd like to anymore, but um, 
essentially they were seeing some signs and some benefits there. And basically it had finally clicked and I was just like, wow, there's probably something going on where we can include some probiotics and some gut health ingredients to enhance to, or define some type of a synergy between some uh, like nootropic ingredients as well too, and some choline sources. Um, so we had ended up testing around a little bit and we came up with the formula for ProDropic, which was, um, it had its ups and downs on the label. It was, uh, some parts were very well thought out and some other parts, I'm not even going to lie, the, our sales rep at NutriCap sold me some ingredients. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, we had tyrosine on there for a hundred milligrams. Like, I don't know how I let that happen. <laughs> I don't know how I approve that shit. And it still bothers me to this day is one of the biggest, like one of the things that pisses me off the most that like, it was a totally pixie dusted like dosage where I would have rather just used more like magnesium citrate, like, or yeah, magnesium citrate as a filler in the capsules instead of having some low dose ingredient just to say it was on the panel for some reason. Right. But anyways, it was um, very large doses of alpha GPC and CDP choline. Um, there was a good amount of, um, yeah, there was a little Hooperzine in there too. And theanine, just yeah. like our, we're, we're big believers in theanine. And then we were putting in a, uh, a 10 billion CFU of uh, two strains of probiotics. And we specifically chose to only go with two strains for it um, because they were two of the most well-researched strains out there. Um, and this is, again, comes back to like why it's the wild, wild west and then goes back to our beliefs as a company is that we could have gone with a lot of other different strains. I had seen some research saying that there were other strains that had promising results with everything. But the two that we picked were the two most well-researched. They were the two safest and you could have consume large dosage in, you know, for extended period of times. And it wasn't going to hurt anybody versus everything else that had next to no studies that were done on it. And it was all just like hypothetical or, or theoretical evidence and done like on animals versus everything else that we had, which was pretty much Activia. So like, as long as you've eaten a yogurt and been cool, then like you can take our stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, we ended up coming out with uh, the product for it. We realized that we were the first ones to market with a gut and brain health supplement. So we trademarked the name uh, ProTropic, which Again, that Pete was kind of getting at earlier, still sounds like something that a much larger brand than us <laughs> should own that name, which we love. But, uh, you know, if anyone wants to license it, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, probiotic <laughs> and neutropic. Put them cool together. Protropic. Um, but, yeah, anyways, we, uh, we were working on a V2, um, and it's – been a lot of testing and it's been pretty rough on our digestive systems but you know that's what testing gut health products is yeah and <laughs> there is too much fiber there is I was gonna say, do we want to go do we want to go down the rabbit hole of, of explaining to listeners what happens when gut health supplement testing goes awry i'll tell you what it's a very plugged up hole to go down <laughs> uh, <laughs> i guess that's the easiest way <laughs> <laughs> and not only that, with some nootropics, like people can react to you differently. Like I had dabbled in some nootropics stuff earlier, and and part of it sucks because it's like, how do you market nootropics? Like probiotics, pretty easy to talk about with people because a lot of people are have have gut problems. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, I have like personal experience with it with my like my own my mom and growing up, and I'll talk about that in a second. But like nootropics are really for like body hackers for the most part. There's like that boundary of like, oh no, I don't want to get into that. Right? It's almost like this yeah. like, um, dark world of 
um, magic art. So, but like Cooperzine, if I took too much of that and I would, I would test all these different dosages, like too much, I, it would mess me up. Like I would be like almost borderline sad. Um, You're always what dosage were you? What dosage were you getting up to where it kind of just sent you off the rails? Um, let's see. So this is probably in 2014. Um, I feel like I was taking this big 200 micrograms because that's Uprazine's like super small. Yeah, well, yeah, it's it in all depends. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm th I think back it was like, and it wasn't even much. I think it was like two capsules at the time, and I think it was 100 micrograms each. So two with like, and what, and so first off, when I got up that high, it would mess me up. And then when I stopped taking it completely, I felt like, a, like literally um, molasses, like everything was just, I felt so slow. I don't know why yeah. it was crazy. So CDP choline, that, like that, that actually uh, worked better, but that's, that's like the risk game of that. It works differently for everyone. But like growing up, my mom had like leaky gut syndrome and always, it was like oh, weird. Like we didn't know that it was like a real thing. It was like, oh, that's made up. You're making that up, right? Yeah. And she always would complain about having this brain fog. It was wild. Mm -hmm. um, like she had a hard time thinking, and she would get like uh, infections all the time, like yeast infections and stuff. And it was like because of this leaky gut syndrome that for years, a uh, hard time diagnosing. Um, so that was when I kind of saw like that correlation of like. Are you are you sure you actually was brain fog real and like now tons of stuff's coming out about it interesting bill you mentioned a few minutes ago that you're or you or i guess all three of you guys are big fans of theanine when did you get first turned on to theanine and uh what started the love fest with it so when i was first introduced it was when the company started um mm -hmm. pete and lawrence um our fourth member uh, back then, uh, when they were in college, he, he was sore by it. He would just take caffeine capsules and theanine capsules, and just those two ingredients alone, he... There was a third ingredient. There was a third ingredient. What's the, what's the third one? Uh, he was very big on caffeine, theanine, and nicotine. Oh, <laughs> nicotine. Nicotine yes. can be good. I mean, it's got some nootropic properties, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he was very... He, had a full-blown meeting trying to convince us of, to try and include nicotine in, in, in a product. But he was very big on caffeine, theanine, and then slap a nicotine patch on. And he said, I, he's like, I passed my junior year of college because of that. It works. It does work. Yeah, it does. Can't argue. It it. But the addictive nature, even though caffeine is <laughs> we don't want to get people literally hooked on our product. So we, we still have Probably not. Um, but yeah, that's that's the first time I tried it, and it it just took away all the negatives of caffeine, like mm -hmm. the jitters, uh, the energy lasts longer. You don't have that crash after, and you can even I feel like I could think clearer. Like I was more alert from the caffeine, but it really honed in, so I'm not I don't have ADHD after I've had too much caffeine. So yeah. it was. It was a nice balance. I was really into it when he first introduced it and we stuck with it and put it in more products. So, Do you find, did you get uh, jittery or anxious or just kind of feel overstimulated when you had regular caffeine from like coffee or an energy drink or anything like that? Not typically. I mean, I went through my phases where I would take high stim pre-workouts. I'd feel mm -hmm. like I was on the verge of death after like a hit workout taking, uh, what was the one? 
ESP. Yeah. 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 ESP, yeah. Like a, yep. I thought I was going to die. I, I did like a, a hit cardio day and I thought I was going to die because it was just chemicals that are probably banned by now. Yeah. I would assume, assume so. Uh, it was, I was, I was, I was on the phone with another brand owner today and he said that they're thinking of, cause we were, we were discussing a couple of formulas coming out and we were, thinking about maybe throwing some uh, Rewolfi or Alfeohimbine into a product. And he said that that might be on the, the chopping block next. Yohimbine in general and Alfeohimbine might be uh, going the way of the, the uh, dingoes and dinosaurs pretty soon, which is kind of, kind of disappointing because I think it's got a certain application. I don't want it every time I take a pre-workout or anything, but every now and then you want those sessions to get a little bit more juiced up. And uh, yeah, that's, it's going to be weird. If that goes away. Yeah. Yeah. I, I take it in the morning. Like when I'm not working out, I'll, I'll take yeah. the when I go to work and it helps perk me up when I'm feeling kind of groggy. <laughs> yeah. Do you use the regular one or the, uh, the alpha? Ice <laughs> uh, say that again. I'm sorry. Oh, that's fine. Do you use the regular Yohimbine extract form or the, uh, alpha Yohimbine? Uh, just regular Yohimbine. Regular. Um, What's, what's it, uh, I forget how to pronounce it, but, uh, Rolanda or something. It's uh, a source. Yeah. 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 Um, so I was taking the combination once now and that I, now I just take like a basic cheap bare bones. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, listeners tuning in, you got any other questions for the, uh, the trio, from power supplements, feel free to post them up. Um, what's the forecast for uh, the rest of the year and early 2022, guys? We are working our asses off to get our sleep aid back up and running uh, now. That was one of our very, that was a very good seller for us and that we unfortunately mm -hmm. were not able to replenish inventory because of lawsuits. Um, we just, it's, it's Wonder Woman's fault that it went away. So, it's all her fault. Yeah, 100% blame Gal Gadot for all of go. our problems. Um, but anyways, we're trying to get that back up and running. Um, we're doing that. We're going to be aggressively approaching Amazon this year, which we're very excited about. Um, mm -hmm. We also are getting Protropic back up and launching at least one, if not two more flavors of Power Rush. And we've got two other formulas that are kind of on the back burner. We just need to see how well everything else picks up. Um, but it should bring us up to, I want to say, 10 or 11 SKUs by the end of this year or uh, by the end of 2022, which if everything goes right, we would be very excited to hit, uh, hit those numbers. Um, Can you yeah, give the listeners a little bit of an insight into what is in uh, the sleep aid? I, I tried to pull it up on the oh, never mind. I see the ingredients right here. I can do a screen share. Hold on. Yeah, and it's it's one of those blends. There's something in there that I don't know if it will stand out immediately. To you, it will. So, yeah, yeah and, Robert, to you, it will stand out absolutely. It will. It's theanine. So good. The um the top ingredient is like oh we've got a lot of feedback. And so like we have our we have our very basic panel for power rushing because we want it to be able to be very versatile. But and and the sleep aid, we we tried venturing out and it it I think it's proven to work in our favor, but because we have some people who swear by the sleep aid. But the vitamin D, um yeah, normally you don't find it in a sleep aid because it's typically associated with maintaining energy levels throughout the day. 
Um, yeah. But normally people are tired with a vitamin D deficiency. And we found some research that actually showed that by getting the vitamin, vitamin D helped with sleep cycles that kept them up. Like it was almost like it was just like kind of like a clock shift um, yeah. where by taking the vitamin D, you'd sleep better so that you would be more energized the next day because you were actually well rested. Um, we mm -hmm. also have this one study that we found that was vitamin D and microdosed melatonin. Um, and the two of them were taken in, I mean, it was a small study. I think it was only 10 people. But one of the things that was beneficial about it is that they were all healthy. Um, it wasn't people with insomnia or anything like that. Um, and they had all 10 had showed better uh, improved sleep. And then halfway through the study, they were supposed to up the melatonin dosage. And they said that they didn't need to because everyone had showed signs of improved sleep from just vitamin D and microdose melatonin. Um, yeah, yeah, and also the microdose melatonin. It's uh, it's not something that you need to wean off of. It's a very, very. I mean, it's literally a hundredth of what most other people are including in there. So it's negligible almost, just enough to kind of kickstart. Um, but then also when you got a you know a gram and a half of tryptophan, your body's producing enough melatonin on the back end too to really kind of shut things down at night. Right. And like the one thing is, so melatonin is like, just like Cooperzine would for me too much of it, like a gram, um, would mess me up. I would, mm -hmm. I, yeah, I would knock me out, but then I'd wake up at like 3am and I can't go back to sleep. And I would also have some messed up dreams on it. Um, and then the vitamin D, which is, this is where like, it's kind of opposite. It's like people associate vitamin D with like the sun and higher levels of production from going outdoors um, and, and also deficiency with being tired. But I think that they're like, just because you're tired doesn't mean that you're good. Like you're sleepy. There's a difference between being like weak and tired and, and actually like prepared for sleep. So there might be like this misconception that vitamin D from the sun is producing is produced because of to give you energy as opposed to it's just a byproduct of um, your body producing it from yeah. the sun. And, um, so it, but it, everything that we've found um, with vitamin D has shown improved sleep quality, which is really cool. And I haven't seen anyone else use it, so. Yeah, we went through a full product run or a couple, yeah, two full product runs of it um, and only had one person give us negative feedback. Uh, I'm sorry, two people give us negative feedback. The one person slept great, but they had nightmares. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's on them. That's, 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 that's a you problem. <laughs> <laughs> and there was only one other person who took it and said that they could not fall asleep. But we also found out that it was someone who was borderline nocturnal and like they had sleep issues to start with and probably needed okay. something significantly stronger than our formula anyway. So, but other than that, yeah, we've, we have had nothing but positive feedback on that formula, which is very surprising for, I mean, the, like the other interesting inclusion. The other interesting inclusion is milk thistle, which most often is associated with liver health supplements. Um, do y'all want to touch on why y'all included that in the product? Yeah, we're right next to a lot of college towns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the idea to, to build off of that is this whole formula is to kind of replenish your body. So if you have toxins in your body, it we, we want to do the most so you're feeling your best when you wake up. And even though there's nothing, typically you'll see milk thistle if you're taking a supplement that's going to harm you. You want to take that as well. But we wanted to put it in our supplement to just help your body fully recover as it should be at nighttime. Right. And so I actually have liver disease. Um, and back in high school. Here he goes with the pity. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
but it's an autoimmune liver disease. And um, at one point I was taking milk thistle. Now in my situation, milk thistle obviously wasn't going to help. It was my own body's autoimmune reaction to, uh, to attack my liver. But there, I did, I did, I was constantly like learning about milk thistle and like, does it really help? And it seems like obviously most often it would help with alcoholism caused uh, liver problems. But I think overall it's good for liver health and in general health. So it kind of fit in the blend. Okay. Uh, here's an interesting comment from Trainer Red. Usually we see uh, zinc, magnesium, and B6 together for the ZMA stack. So is there any reason for no uh, B6 in there? Uh, so, yeah, it's typically ZMA. You have zinc, magnesium, aspartame, and uh, B6. No. Uh, we, we debated okay. back and forth with including that. And um, it may actually pop up in the next yeah, version. Yeah, the, the next version. I mean, it's already in production at this point. But yeah, we uh, we scrapped the milk thistle and replaced the B six, so that the full ZMA is going to be in it on this one. Yeah. So it it wasn't a plan really by design. Um, I was really big on like ZMA products, but the zinc and magnesium seemed to be the most beneficial at mm -hmm. nighttime for. Uh, muscle recovery and to help you relax. So we, yeah. I wouldn't say it was an oversight, but definitely something that we want to throw in there because I think it does have its benefits. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, I like the, the mag citrate form too. I mean, the aspartate's good, but mag citrate, if, if, when I'm putting it in a supplement, it's either going to be the magnesium bisglycinate form, like the Trax form, the, the citrate form, or uh, for like a nootropic, the L3 and 8 form. But that one is super, super stupidly expensive. Well, everything is now anyway, so what's it matter? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's, that is very true. Um, do you want to give any teasers for what other products? You mentioned you might be expanding the lineup to 10 or 11 products next year. Teasers for what might be surfacing in addition to the stuff yeah, we've so already I, covered? There is some things on there that's a little bit misleading, I guess, in how I phrase that. Because when we talk about the 11 different SKUs, like Power Rush is three SKUs because it's got three different flavors. So by having um, our sleep aid come back, which is a capsule, that's one skew. Protropic coming back, which is a capsule, is another one that already gets us up to five. Um, mm -hmm. If we want to launch two more flavors of Power Rush, which we're hoping for, uh, that'll bring us up to seven. And then we have two other products that we're playing around with right now that are most that are powders, and they'll probably be coming out in a flavor or two each. So. Um, I'll be honest with you. They're so preliminary and so far out. I really don't even want to like tease them yet because mm -hmm. at this point, like it's basically just hypothetical until the capital arises. Yeah. Very true. That so, works. um, but yeah, um, I can tell people that one of the big things that we are working on is getting our original flavor of power rush back. The, uh, the original lemon lime that everyone fell in love with. That is as soon as our sleep aid is out on the market, that's the first thing we're going back to is making sure that that comes out. We uh, we came out with another lemon limeade when we relaunched last November, and it was um, it's good. We've had like a great response from it. Um, it's very sour and bitter, so it's kind of like almost has like a margarita kind of feel to it. Without the um, yeah, without some of them, yeah, it's still pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so we're just trying to get that back um, to because you know, we we know that the peach iced tea is an incredible seller. The Bay Breeze, uh we, we need to market that a little bit better. I mean, even just being open, completely transparent on that. The name Bay Breeze doesn't tell anybody what it tastes like. We know it just because, you know, we're 
in a shore town, so we know what a Malibu Bay Breeze is supposed to taste like, and right. it's cranberry and pineapple. But you know, the average person doesn't know that cocktail, so mm-hmm. we've got to do a little bit better on that. But that one's uh, especially in the fall. We, I mean, we have a cranberry flavored product, so this sh- should be blowing off the shelves right now. Um, but once we get that with our lemon limeade back, I mean, the three flavors on Power Rush, there's going to be, sh- uh, there's no flaws in there at all. Each one of them is just going to taste better each time you take another one. So excited about that. But yeah, that's that's kind of what we're looking at. Outstanding. Uh, and wrapping things up, guys, let's get a uh, rundown of daily supplement regimens from each of you. Uh, Bill, you want to kick things off? Sure. Um, so... Most days I, I'll take some you know, himbean if I'm waking up early to hit the gym. I'll take a scoop of power rest, usually dry. Uh, I do like creatine, especially right now I'm not taking creatine, but I, I do like it when I'm doing more uh, strength focus uh, or hypertrophy focus. Right now I'm just getting back in the gym from a lull uh, with stability training. So starting off small. Uh, Makes sense. Then right now I'm not doing any type of sleep aid, but I absolutely love ZMA products. Ours was probably my favorite. Uh, mm-hmm. Cellucor is up there. They have uh, tribulus in there, which doesn't help you sleep. It doesn't mean <laughs> testosterone. But it's good. <laughs> uh, and protein powder after a workout. That's pretty much it. There you go. Pete? Um, yeah, pretty bare bones. So I, I had a pretty bad back injury, so I fell off pretty hard. But during that time, I would, wait, tell them about the, guys. How'd you hurt your back? Back injury happened at the TNF. No, it did not happen last year. Far before this. It was not from eating two eggs at breakfast. The joke is. So, I, I mean, I've had back issues in 2015. I blew out two discs, my L4, L5, my L5S1. And my, the doctor, honestly, he was, he was like, how are you walking? Like, you need a double spinal fusion. And I was like, Damn. no. Um, I've seen the results. And what your definition of success is not my definition of, of a surgical success. So um, just because I exist doesn't mean I'm not in pain every day. Um, so I, I <laughs> <Amen. laughs> so, get that tattooed on my neck. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I fought it. I didn't get even my, my discs shaved down or anything. I, I got through it and I'm, I'm able to maintain it. I mean, the secret to me was funny because it's almost probably the reason I hurt myself was deadlifting, but doing like a sumo deadlift and developing a lot of core strength to, to keep it all together. Yeah. Um, that was when I realized uh, how, how important core strength is to just everyday life and, and how so many people would probably not have back issues if that were the case. But I had it under control and I would have the occasional flare up. While we were down south at the TNS uh, Christmas special, <laughs> the, that day, the, the breakfast of, I was like, I'm going to go, I'm going to have a, was it? Was it, it, three two eggs? it was three eggs. No, it was the three rest eggs. of us got three eggs, and Pete only got the no, two eggs. No, I had egg one more egg than you. No, yes, I did. Whatever. Lars and I got three no, eggs. I had whatever it was. I had four eggs. Okay. So, I, so the joke is, I can't handle two eggs because as soon as <laughs> as soon as breakfast is done, I'm like, my back's getting kind of tight. You know, I'm sitting in the car. I'm like, this isn't good. By the time we got to the house, 
and I walk in the door, I'm on the floor. And I could not, I'm, I'm sliding around on the floor. It's getting worse and worse and worse. I'm, I'm literally it was like, a funny sight. It's sad, was, but it's not funny, all right? I'm laughing. <laughs> so yeah, they all have videos of me like swimming across the floor trying to, trying to like exist for the weekend. And I missed the party basically and everything. Yeah, we, we drove 13 hours to go to this party and Pete missed the party. <laughs> disappointing and then had to drive 13 hours back with its back all screwed up and everything and yeah it was awesome okay. <laughs> great but um, as far as my daily regime <laughs> regime regimen um i so i used to be like 200 grams of protein a day and then keep it really simple with about 150 to 200 milligrams of caffeine and um our sleep aid honestly was like and i don't have problems sleeping but like damn that shit slaps. <laughs> it would knock me. It would really like put me to sleep. And uh, I do also personally, like I have a lot of like night terrors. I don't know why. Maybe I have a guilty conscience. I don't know what I did, but <laughs> essentially I sleep good on it and I wake up like honestly feeling good. So that's pretty much it is in the morning. Uh, I don't really drink coffee, so I'll have some power rush to kind of get me mm -hmm. going. I have my day job and then uh, I'll, I'll take protein after any workouts that I'm able to get, even though I have like five jobs right now and then sleep aid. Perfect. Cool. Whenever uh, the uh, sleep aid comes out, I'm going to get that for Sandy too, because she has night terrors like you, Pete. I'm kidding. I shit you not. No less than three times, five out of the seven nights a week, she will wake up and, like a, and go, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? And I go, Jesus Christ, Sandy, go back to sleep. And she yeah. said, there's somebody like either like trying to like, pull her feet or there's somebody standing in the corner staring at her or something. So it's whatever I can find to like knock her out and not get her addicted to Fenibit. I'm going to, I'm going to try that and see, uh, see what's going on. I, and I'm not afraid of spiders or snakes, but like for some reason I, I would always wake up like freaking out in my bed, like spinning around, like where the fuck is it? And there's like, I would assume that there's like a snake in my, my bed or in the room, like about to fucking kill me. And <laughs> we're talking about the snake. I need to talk about the snake. <laughs> Indiana Jones was afraid of snakes too. It's okay. I'm not afraid of snakes. <laughs> In his defense, I still don't understand how they move. It creeps me out, so I get it. Right, but um, <laughs> but I have woken up like significant others in the past, like. Like, sh like shaking them, like like having a night terror, like trying to save them, pull them out, of, like, pull out like concrete. It's weird. So uh, it definitely helps with it. There we go. Okay. okay. Oh, I don't even want to talk about supplements now. I can't really hear more about this. <laughs> My life is a joke to you? Yes. <laughs> Completely. Um, um, okay. So for my supplement regime, uh, let's see. I normally start off my morning with a whole pot of coffee because I need enough. I need that much just to get me out of bed. And yes, I do have a coffee pot. If people have heard about this. It's real. I have a coffee pot right next to my bed with an Alexa smart switch on it. So as soon as my alarm clock goes off, the coffee pot goes off. And I do yeah. not get out of bed until I've drank the whole thing. <laughs> no, what kind of coffee are you doing? Normally, Light, medium, or dark roast? It's normally a medium. Um, I'm partial to things that are Hawaiian. Uh, anytime I can get my thing, uh, my hands on like a, like a Kona blend, it's normally mm -hmm. pretty difficult to get it on the East Coast because uh, the import, like importing it's like 50 bucks a pound at this point. Um, but it's, if I can find something that's good, uh, that's normally where I'm at for it. Um, okay. but yeah, that's a lot of caffeine to get me started. And then, um, 
typically I'll go to electrolytes mixed with creatine. Um, mm -hmm. I, that's, I seem to have a, um, a better response to creatine when I drink it slowly throughout my morning, as opposed to just like a one like macro dose at the end of like a, like mixed in with a post-workout. Yeah. Um, so right now I've been a lot of astrolyte and three or four grams of creatine in like a giant, like a Yeti that I can get like with like 30 or 40 ounces of water. And I normally drink that until about noon. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, there's normally at least another scoop to a scoop and a half of power rush in there before I go to, before I work out. Um, a little bit of ashwagandha. Um, I'm still milking some, some Vaso six that I've got stockpiled. Um, so that's normally goes into the pre-workout stack as well too. Um, looking forward to self flow though, whenever that comes out, I think you're yeah. watching. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's that. And, uh, again, the sleep aids, I have no problem sleeping. Um, I'm one of those people that like, I can literally just turn it on and turn it off like a switch. Um, I'll be asleep in 15 minutes if I need to. Mm -hmm. Um, but but our sleep aid, when it was around, I was using that heavily. And Protropic, that was a huge one for me when I was around. Or uh, when I was around. When, uh, when we <laughs> <What> had it. <laughs> yeah, well, I left when Protropic left. <laughs> um, Just like Dad when he went out. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Dad. Yeah, that was another one big for uh, big for me just with the new tropics like getting through the day with like work and everything like that and also just it was a huge creative source with that many new tropics going so it was it was nice but um before we segue and do our sign-offs we have a couple questions for you oh shit i don't <laughs> you see this this is empty that 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 I don't i don't know how this is going to work out exactly where we need you to be at if you weren't there we would encourage you to get to it so we've been on a kick lately where we've been trying to find <laughs> the weirdest conspiracy theories that we can find on the internet. Nothing with like recent politics and stuff like that, but like some of like the deep weird ones with like Nerubu and like shit like that. And um, we were wondering what is the wildest conspiracy theory that you've heard? And we'll say the ones that we've found in the last couple of weeks to, in hopes that they'll inspire you to uh, to think of something in the meantime. Yeah, I've never. It. I've never gone much down the conspiracy theory hole. I just like, there's a couple of them in it and most of them are probably the ones people have heard of, but go ahead and say which ones y'all were going to talk to and I'll let you know which, which ones I think might have some credence or credibility. Yeah. So I have two. One is, um, that was the dark ages. Like, uh, the, the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the dark ages only existed because apparently they tried to wipe out prehistoric technology. And essentially that there was a, a, a basically a, an early internet that was basically like a shared <laughs> consciousness. And uh, as I went down and it was literally less like it got so dark and everything was so bad that they made the dark ages happen. So just completely everyone forgot about it and they could erase it in history. And one of the comments that I saw on that was someone went down, you know, another deeper rabbit hole to say that this checks out because that explains why Egyptians loved cats and like praised dogs so much. Oh because God. if you had an internet, <laughs> you just, and you didn't have like a strong source of technology to like really check up on stuff. You're just gonna be like, yeah, we love cats. And uh, I thought that was hilarious. The other one I found was uh, an anti-conspiracy theory where people thought that um, basically, you know, you've got the, the moon landing was fake. And then some other people put some things together after doing research on the people who started the fake moon landing conspiracy and found out that a lot of them were pretty racist and that they said that 
the moon landing conspiracy was uh, originated because they didn't think that black women could have uh, uh, were smart enough to put together the, the yeah the math because uh, there was essentially the the physicists that put together all of the, the um, calculations to land us on the moon was a team yeah. of three black women and right. uh, people said they weren't smart enough to do it this whole thing's fake <laughs> wow <laughs> Keep on that's <laughs> that's like, like that that was a so, that was a wild one that I've been going down lately and it's that's so like, fact so <laughs> The moon landing. Yeah, moon wow. landing's real, and they're trying to cover it up because okay. of racism. Okay. My, my, my is, um, <laughs> so it's impossible. I work on uh, cars. I have like a, like a shop. And Where's your shop at, Pete? Yeah, well, it's right here. <laughs> wow. it's right here. Uh, follow TSD Motorsports on uh, Instagram. <laughs> yeah, only if you have BMW. And, and uh, so it's hard to get rubber gloves, right? And my, my conspiracy theory is um, all the rubber gloves are actually gone because people are making grape soda out of them. And now you're just gonna say, why is the correlation there? Google making grape soda out of gloves. It's great. In fact, I, I sent it to them today and they were like, I got 20 minutes in. <laughs> and it's, it's I'm making thing. a note of it right now. Yeah, yeah. no, try, it's, it's pretty interesting from a chemical, uh, I don't think it's a standpoint. conspiracy. I think like this actually exists. Yeah, this yeah. is what's happening. I see tons of grape soda. I see no rubber gloves. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I made up. I just made that up today. But and uh, the loudest one I got was the Aurora Borealis. Mm -hmm. Is actually just a gigantic weapon that um, <laughs> Scandinavia has developed. <laughs> uh, now I don't know what it does, but I think it has something to do with mind control. Fair. Okay. Yeah. Fair. So it it's not something with the atmosphere. It's a, it's a weapon. It's a Scandinavian chemtrail. Yeah, pretty much. It's chemtrails. <laughs> there you go. Both lights. Okay. Uh, you got anything to add? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think mine are that out there. So Zane and I have watched a good bit of Ancient Aliens, or I like the original few seasons of it. And you get into some of those. Say it again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Giorgio. Yeah, man, the dude with the hair and everything. Yeah. Giorgio, whatever his last name is, the Greek guy. Um, but no, it's like some of those things, like Machu Picchu, and these things are six, eight thousand years old. The, if you look at, I mean, it looks laser etched. So how in the hell did humans that may have only had like a hammer and chisel construct these things that were perfectly etched there? I mean, it looks like you couldn't fit anything between it. And then you go to like, like you mentioned, like the dark ages, we couldn't even figure out how to get clean water in the towns at that point. So how do we go from those advanced civilizations to the dark ages and then where we are today? Just there's certain things I, and I mean, there's certain episodes that are out there, like ancient aliens in the Civil War. And like, did they come in and help Abraham Lincoln decide the fate of the North versus the South? And I'm like, nah, that's a little bit much. But doing some of these ancient temples or other structures and stuff like that, I think. I think there could be something to that. Um, the JFK assassination, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was the New Orleans mob and the CIA going at it and, and taking him out. Because if you go down enough of the, the mafia history of stuff like that, you start to see the connections between Carlos Marcello, uh, some of the CIA guys, and you know all of the other stuff that fell out from the, uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis and whatnot. I, be I believe that. I believe the, the, and, well, it's whenever I think of aliens, I, I just think like aliens when they're flying by. Like, <laughs> they're probably like, oh, we don't want 
there. <laughs> yeah, especially yeah, especially these days. They said, nah, like a couple thousand years ago, maybe in these days they just said, fuck, they they pieced out a long yeah. time ago. Yeah, yeah. Definitely the shithole. I think it's, yeah. a, it's that ancient, the, the early or the prehistoric internet, man. You could just download a pyramid off of like a pre nest Download a pyramid, huh? Yeah, yeah. you wouldn't download a, a car. Download a pyramid. <laughs> You just said Napster. God, I haven't heard that word in, in a long time. You ever wonder whatever happened to all the people who got into lawsuits and like got charged for like millions of dollars for downloading songs? Whatever happened? I don't know. Alien. Conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. It's all rich. That's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> what was the other one? It was it was Napster, then LimeWire, and then something else. Yeah, FrostWire. Um, and then there was one in between. It was... Um, Shit. I don't know. I found a lot of Linkin Park songs on LimeWire. Yeah. That was, that was a great <laughs> Oh, K- Kazaa. Kazaa, yeah. Kazaa, yes. Yes, I do remember that. Remember my dad awesome. had uh, a Pirates. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any other questions y'all got, guys, or stuff that we didn't uh, touch on during the podcast that y'all would like to address? No, it was pretty thorough. I, yeah. Thorough? I enjoyed it. Yeah, you guys know about my night terrors, so. We're good. And you're that that's your your back issues, your liver disease. Do you have like degenerative uh, brain health or anything else that you wanna you wanna come clean about, Pete? Oh, no. Look at the guy. He's I, sad all the time. <laughs> awesome guys. Well, thank you all so much for uh, for joining the show. This was great. It was great to meet uh, Pete and Will. You guys at the Apollo thing, Bill. Hopefully, uh, we can meet in person soon and we can uh, share a beer, or bourbon, or, or something like that. Um, and uh, where uh, dude, this is where you can shamelessly plug anything and everything you guys want to, including your uh, your motor shop, Pete. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'll, I'll plug most importantly the Sleep Aid and the Protropic. I, I obviously the energy drink speaks for itself, but those two, um, I think are really special, and we need to figure out how to out advertise. That's the hardest part for me. I hate advertising, even the shop. We don't even have signs on the building. We don't have, like. <laughs> It's all word of mouth because I want to just have a good product that speaks for itself. But unfortunately, in this day and age, you get drowned out. In the hey, this is supposed to be that time where you sell that thing. With the shop? <laughs> oh, the shop. No, not telling people why it's hard to sell things. Sell the thing. It's really hard to sell. <laughs> ABC is selling. Always be selling with a C. Oh, my so- God. Um, yeah, no, uh, I think Pete's on the right track, though. Uh, Power Down, we're hopefully going to be having it, um, if everything goes right, either end of February, early March is when our Sleep Aid Power Down will be back. Um, Protropic will be um, hopefully early to mid-summer. Um, that'll be out for then. Um, other than that, we're running a BOGO sale on our website. Uh, buy one, get one 50% off, so you can try a couple different flavors of Power Rush. Um, they're all delicious doesn't matter what your taste buds are. We've got something to cover every aspect of the palate for you. Um, and um, let's see. Other than that, I mean, that's pretty much what we've got going on right now. Um, we've got the BOGO 50 running now. That's probably going to be all, honestly running until like the end of the year. Um, there are some other Black Friday sales that we've got coming up, so be ready for those. Um, also, please be 
for the love of God, please be patient with us with shipping. It's out of our hands. We're trying to like literally upcharge everything to get like things that used to go like first class are all going priority so that we're hoping and praying that it gets there. Like we're literally spending every dollar we can spare on shipping and not charging anyone for it to make sure that you get things in a timely manner. So if there is any problems with it, please reach out to me um, or just anyone on the, on the crew. But normally it's me that answers it. So, um, yeah, and we'll figure out another way if I got to send you more product and then just claim the other one as a loss. Just this, we have no idea what the hell is going to happen this like Christmas, like this holiday season. And we're expecting it to be really, really bad. So order early and be patient. It's really, and not even just with us, just like with everything that you're getting online. Yeah, like, and follow yeah. us on Instagram. Uh, PWR supplements. Oh yeah, that's good. Twitter too. Uh, don't yeah, all the all the uh, <laughs> I'll put links to uh, the website and all of the uh, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff as well from the website. Cool. So, um, Bill, awesome you job. Yeah, uh, no, just uh, buy our supplements. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we got a lot of still paying off. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome, gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we'll do this again, and hopefully we can uh, see each other soon in person and uh, share a few cold ones together. Yeah, that'd be good. great. Always man. down. All right. Have a good night.